0: Listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co host, Isela. How are you doing today?
1: I am all right. How are you doing? Doing good. Good.
0: Ready to kick off this podcast, start off the week right?
1: Yeah, drop some knowledge on me.
0: All right, well, let's get started. (laughs) So, Isela, Have you ever listened to the radio before?
1: Mostly every day, yes.
0: What do you normally listen to?
1: Just like the 88.5, like a KTEP, like NPR type station in the mornings. And then in the afternoons, I'll listen to like actual music, FM.
0: Have you ever been switching through your radio stations and you come across something unusual?
1: I've come across unusual songs that that were unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) that like stayed in my head i'm like oh no it's ace of bass that song is so damn catchy i think you remember that one but yeah um no what do you mean by unusual i might have to ask you to define unusual
0: from what everything you've told me it sounds like you've never encountered anything strange Although Ace of Bass, if I remember correctly, from our famous Dallas road trip, (laughs) you were going off on that song. You were singing that song with all the emotions.
1: It was all the heart, (laughs) all the the corazón that I could muster up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to play you a clip and when it's done playing, I'll get your reaction to it.
1: 7, 1,
2: 5
1: 3,
0: Pretty creepy, right?
1: Who is, yeah, why is that British lady so weird? Okay, real feels. At first, I thought, oh, he's playing me an ice cream truck song? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is really strange. But then that whole, like, three, nine, seven, one, five. I was like, oh, wait, this is, like, weirdest lyrics ever (laughs) to an ice cream truck song.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What the hell was
0: that? (laughs) Right. Well, I was being a little misleading earlier. Yeah. This wouldn't be something that you would be liable to stumble across on the radio unless you owned a shortwave radio.
1: Oh, those are fun.
0: Yes. What I played for you is what is popularly referred to as a number station. And while it's not known with certainty what the purpose of these number stations are, there are a few theories. And that's what I wanted to talk with you about today. Okay. Since October is right around the corner, I thought it would be fun to do a creepy topic Now, the clip that I just played for you was heavily edited because the recording is four minutes and 37 seconds long, and it's very repetitive, but I wanted to give you an idea of what a number station sounds like. Okay. Now, the first time that I ever heard about number stations was in the late 2000s. A podcast I really enjoy called Skeptoid did an episode about this topic. The host, Brian Dunning, played a few samples of some popular number stations, and I thought it was a little scary, but super interesting. (laughs) A few years later, Stuff You Should Know and Stuff They Don't Want You to Know also did some podcasts on the topic, so I highly recommend you check those out if you're left wanting to learn more. I won't be using either of those three podcasts as sources, and it's been years since I've heard any of those episodes, so it's possible we might focus on slightly different things. Now, the sample that I played for you earlier is called The Lincolnshire Poacher. Do you want to take a guess at why it's called that?
1: I want to say that Lincolnshire is the place where it's coming from like a city or a province or some some sort poacher I don't know maybe that's just their name is that like their call name or something like you know they're like breaker breaker 119 this is big red <laughs> or something
0: <laughs> baby bear this is papa bear over <laughs>
1: this is china I'm just kidding. <laughs> i don't know
0: uh, according to a BBC article called The Spooky World of the Number Stations by Olivia Sorrell Jering, it got its name because of the eerie English folk song that plays before the numbers are read. I like to think of those numbers as a countdown to my nightmares, <laughs> as nightmares are all but assured tonight.
1: Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Even though these drop nice and early, we're probably still going to be thinking about this. As soon as you put your head down. It's going to be like five, nine, seven, one, five, or whatever the hell she was saying. Now I can't remember.
0: <laughs> no, there's some creepier ones out there. Aww. Now, the BBC article states that the number stations can be traced back to the Cold War. The Cold War started in 1947. So, even as far back as then, there were people that were messing around with their shortwave radios that would stumble across this and other number stations. Almost immediately, there was a prominent theory as to what the purpose of these stations was. Do you want to take a guess? A gander, if you will, <laughs> as to what their purpose was.
1: I feel like these didn't have a purpose. Well, okay, they ha- everything has to have a purpose, right? I'm going to go with, were they there to just kind of serve as a news station before there were news stations?
0: Think a little bit more conspiracy, a little bit more nefarious. <gasps> What?
1: They were all getting on the same frequency to, like, plan someone's murder or something? (laughs) I went over the board, probably.
0: (laughs) It's possible you're not far off.
1: Oh, my God, scary.
0: Almost immediately, it was theorized that it was being used by the government to send signals to spies. Even though shortwave radios sound super low-tech, the signal travels much farther than broadcast FM. A shortwave broadcast can easily be transmitted over a distance of several thousand miles or several thousand kilometers, including from one continent to another.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So it's easy to see that this was a very effective way to communicate with spies, even if they were an absurd distance away.
1: That's really wild. I totally believe that, especially because I feel like spies go back to... I mean, sadly, probably since the very first time that a government existed, they were like, well, now we got to spy on the other governments. You know, (laughs) that's like the second order of business. That's also very similar to like women. When they finally land the guy that they want, this is not all women, BT dubs. Then they're like, okay, I finally landed him. Now I got to figure out what his passwords are. (laughs) Really crazy. (laughs) I know it's really
0: crazy. Now going back to the BBC article. They stated that even though technology has evolved a lot since the 1940s, there was evidence that number stations were being used as late as 2014, when the article was written. And as we'll see a little later, some are still in use today. Now, according to Rupert Allison, an author who specializes in espionage, stated that nobody has found a more convenient and expedient way of communicating with an agent, their sole purpose is for intelligence agencies to communicate with their agents in denied areas, a territory where it is difficult to use a consensual form of communication. They also interviewed Aiken Fernandez, who founded the CONET project, which is a comprehensive archive of these number stations, and also where I got the sample of the Lincolnshire poacher I played for you at the beginning of the show. He states that this system is completely secure because the messages can't be tracked and the recipient could be anywhere. You just send the Spice to a country and get them to buy a radio. They already know where to tune and when. The way that Fernandez says that it would work is that spies would be given a one-time pad, so every day they would use a different page from the pad to decipher the code. This makes the code uncrackable because each day or each broadcast, the code changes. So even if you were lucky enough to crack the code of one of these transmissions, By the time you got to the next one, the cipher has changed and you have to figure it out all over again. Just the fact that each transmission uses a different code makes it almost impossible to find patterns to help you crack them.
1: That's so interesting. This is like the earliest version of the coding and stuff like that. That's so interesting.
0: Yeah. And there's been further evidence, according to that same BBC article, that this might have been used by spies as there have been spies arrested and among their belongings were radios and one-time pads. So this does lead a lot of credence to that theory. Al Bolton, no relation to Michael Bolton, an amateur radio enthusiast, stated that it's an old-fashioned means of communications, but you have to think about security. The danger with a computer is that if you get caught, the data on it is still retrievable, whereas with a one-time pad, you can eat it or flush it down the toilet.
1: I don't know if you remember watching, God, I think it was Inspector Gadget. Was it Inspector Gadget? (laughs) I know, this is so crazy. (laughs) But do you remember how they would print out like a paper and then they're like, this paper is going to self-destruct and like whatever. And if he like chose the mission or whatever it was, it was was really interesting. And I remember thinking like, oh, I would totally want to do something like that. But obviously not really. (laughs) Just getting caught up. Very cool.
0: So now that we have some of the basics down, let's get to the fun part and listen to a few more audio samples. (laughs) When we return from our quick commercial break.
2: Financial freedom is our goal for every client at Wayne Financial. Whether you're in the market for wealth management, retirement services, or estate planning, Wayne Financial offers a service that's right for you. Our advisors will conduct a thorough analysis of your finances, assess your risk tolerance, and come up with an investment strategy that fits your goals. Are you saving enough for your retirement? Speak with a Wayne Financial Retirement Specialist to ensure you'll be able to continue living your current lifestyle during your golden years and you're taking advantage of all current tax breaks to ensure your money is working for you. No one likes thinking about death, but what will happen to your family when you're no longer there to provide for them? Our estate planners will help you to prepare for the unexpected and make sure your final expenses and loved ones are cared for. Stop by a Wayne Financial branch for an appointment and take the first step to realize your goals.
0: So how was your break, Isela?
1: It was, thankfully, pretty uneventful. I think all I was thinking about was the craziness that's going to, what am I going to hear next? Is it going to be creepier? I didn't think that the first one was as creepy, because it sounded like just some weird ice cream truck. But I think for me, when things start to become creepy, it could be something as simple as an ice cream truck type of sound. But then if it starts going down in pitch, like one note, you know what I mean? It's very like there's like some dissonance or Oh, oh, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> oh, thank you. How oh, was yours?
0: Mine was good. I um, just kind of stood around and waited for the commercial to finish playing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very eventful as, uh, yeah, as well.
0: <laughs> but I'm super excited because I don't know if you noticed, I have a standing desk now, so I don't have to be slouched down in my chair recording this podcast. I can be standing up, which I love.
1: I think that's also why you're bringing a little extra energy of the creepiness vibe. You're like, this is what I always wanted to do. Stretch the shit out. Let's do this. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if you ask most women, I think they'll tell you that I am a, a little bit creepy or at least creepy looking, so...
1: No, you're not creepy look. <laughs> you're not just dork. I
0: was gonna say that kind of goes with my MO a little bit.
1: No, I just that.
0: <laughs> now did you buy a shortwave radio to look for number stations during our break?
1: I need to though, because now I'm very curious.
0: You know, my dad used to have one when we were growing up as kids, and I never encountered any number stations, but he had it maybe like I would say late eighties, early nineties. And back in that time, the way that most people would get in contact with each other if they weren't home is they would use pagers. You would call the number and then you would record your message. And then the person with the pager would get the message like a voicemail. So I do remember hearing a lot of people leaving messages on pagers and most of them were Spanish. So I was guessing that there were probably people from Juarez. So maybe the shortwave band that I was able to tune into was the same band that they were using over there for some other pagers.
1: Were you able to like actually listen to their voicemails or did it transfer over like really weird?
0: No, no, you could hear everything just fine. Oh, wow. Yeah, there wasn't any type of encryption or security or anything.
1: Oh, man. Well, I guess you can start to wonder which ones are like weird codes, right? That's where the atypical like eagle has landed, package has been delivered or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like what package are you talking about?
0: No, most of them are like, Mija, give me a call when you get home or, you know, dumb things like that.
1: Well, unless Miha's going to kill somebody and get home is what she meant. Sorry.
0: Twist.
1: That's where I went. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to play a few more samples for you. Most of these were from an IFL science article titled, Explorers Found Their Way Into The Abandoned UVB-76 Number Station. This is what they saw by James Felton. Now, should we start off with one that's right in our backyard?
1: Oh, yes, let's.
0: This one is believed to be transmitted somewhere in the desert near Albuquerque, New Mexico. The crazy thing about this one is that it was first discovered on December 19th, 2004. The broadcasts ceased on December 23rd of the same year, but returned sometime in February of 2005. Two amateur radio operators claim to have tracked the source to the Mobility Assessment Test and Integration Center, or MATIC for short, in a factory owned by Laguna Industries. This is located near the small town of Laguna, New Mexico, which is about 50 miles or 80 kilometers southwest of Albuquerque. The pair of amateur radio operators took pictures of the compound and located towers and antennas, but when they were approached by a security guard, they quickly fled. Three hours after the incident, the radio broadcast abruptly stopped and Laguna Industries removed all references to Matic from their website. The number station they allegedly broadcast is referred to as Yosemite Sam or Yosemite Sam as I like to call it. (laughs) Let me play you the sample and see if you can guess why. Well, that's the full sample. It didn't cut off or I didn't cut it off, you know, midway or anything. That's the full sample. Oh, wow. Now, what's interesting about this is that before you hear varmint, I'm going to blow you to smithereens, there's a data burst similar to what you would hear back in the dial-up internet days when you would connect to the internet with a modem and you picked up the phone. Let me play it to you again and pay attention to the first couple of seconds. See if you can spot that data burst.
1: know if he sounds like Yosemite Sam, because he almost has like, I don't know if it's like Irish or Scottish. He has like a little bit of a different accent.
0: There's people that have done a lot of research on this, and they've been able to track it down to the exact Looney Tunes episode where it debuted. So it is confirmed that it is from a Looney Tunes episode, and it is indeed Yosemite Sam.
1: Oh, okay.
0: As far as the purpose of this number station, I haven't been able to find any data on it. And they even tried doing some research as to what might have been contained in that data burst, but nothing.
1: So it's interesting because if someone was truly up to some kind of malicious act and they wanted to communicate to someone or something that either it was done or it's about to go down, what have you, everybody's voice is like a fingerprint. And I feel like if they were to leave their own voicemail then that's already too telling. So how genius is it then to leave clips of other things out there that are already published in the universe? It's almost the equivalent of traditional serial killers where they cut out the letters from like magazines or like newspapers and they write that like creepy, "your next type of um, letter. Yeah. That's never their handwriting. This is kind of a similar situation.
0: Well, in this one, I kind of feel like the Yosemite Sam sample is more of a decoy. It's put in place so that if you were to stumble across it, you would just think that maybe, you know, you got a bad connection or something. What's important about this is whatever is in that data burst, because through sound, they can send information. I don't know if you remember some of the very first computers. We were kids when these computers came out, Uh but they would have a cassette tape where the program would be on the tape. So you would put the cassette tape in there and press play. The computer would decipher the data that's on there and run whatever program had been recorded. And you could even record that program using a, a tape recorder. You can record it from that cassette to another cassette and you know, hand it off to a friend or something. So I think what's important here is whatever information is in the data burst. I think the Yosemite Sam clip is just to mislead people.
1: It totally could be. Oh my God, that's pretty exciting if we could only figure out what the heck the data burst contained.
0: And I thought that by now, it was in 2004 when this first appeared. Somebody might have cracked it, but again, I couldn't find any information as to what was sent in that data burst.
1: Interesting. I'm sure there's a ton of uh, suggestions and like theories of what it's about.
0: Do you want to hear another creepy one? Okay, this one actually has a very interesting theory behind it. Okay. Let me play the sample for you. Okay, so this sample goes by numerous names, but the most popular names are MDZ HB, UVB seventy six, and the buzzer. Now, what's unique about the station is that it plays a continuous, monotonous tone, like me. But every few seconds, the signal is interrupted by a foghorn sound or a Russian voice saying random numbers, letters, and names. The theory behind the signal is that it's some type of a dead hand signal. And that as long as the alarm is ringing, everything is okay. The moment the alarm goes off is when we should worry. Again, nothing is known for certain. This is just a popular theory.
1: That's very like, Dios mio, kind of. (laughs) That that one is definitely concerning, especially given that theory. Like what could really happen if it doesn't go off, which I guess people don't want to know. Oh my God, that's super creepy. Does it say when that one came out?
0: That one is actually still going on today.
1: Oh my
0: goodness. There's somebody on YouTube that has a live stream of it playing 24/7.
1: What? Doesn't this person sleep? <laughs> what the hell?:
0: I'm sure they're not listening to it 24/7, but they at least have, you know, maybe a shortwave radio hooked up to where it's broadcasting it online 24/7. Wow. Now, if you aren't creeped out already by this, get ready.: oh, shit. People who have listened to the buzzer signal intently have been able to hear people talking in the background, having quiet conversations. So this isn't a recording, but it's a live sound produced by having a microphone placed near a speaker. Some of the phrases that have been heard are, I am 143. I'm not sure if that's a play on, we are 138 by the Misfits. (laughs) Other phrases are, not receiving the generator. That stuff comes from hardware room. And once the signal even stopped in order to play a portion of Swan Lake. Around 2010, the conversations were heard more and more frequently Then they just suddenly stopped.
1: Dude, that is like freaking mega creepy. (laughs) Wow. And um, I am 143. Maybe there's 44 hostages and they're like, I'm the second. (laughs) You know what? I don't even know. That's so wild. I really want to know now. And they can't pinpoint from where?
0: Well, in this article from um, IFL Science, They had found an abandoned number station that they um, think that that's where the UVB-76 signal came from. And they found like a bunch of junk, really, like a lot of spare radio parts and circuit boards and, you know, things of that manner.
1: That's so strange.
0: It's really hard to kind of pinpoint where these signals come from because you kind of had to have something to measure the signal and kind of just drive until you notice that the signal gets stronger. Right since it's radio waves and there's a lot of things that can affect the signal strength, like the uh, atmosphere and everything, it's kind of hard to perfectly pinpoint it.
1: That's so weird.
0: But that uh, abandoned station that they found, they do believe, was where the UVB-76 signal once originated from.
1: That's so strange. Oh, my gosh. I used to have a certain amount of unsolved mysteries that for sure I wanted to know. It was very like, okay, if you could find out two mysteries of life, which ones would they be? Like I had maybe five. Now I have like at least seven. Thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is very interesting. Like I said, I first heard about this in the late 2000s, maybe 2008. And it's been something that's been on my mind ever since. It definitely made enough of an impact that I still remember it today.
1: It almost reminds me in like in a less... At least this is less creepy, what it reminds me of. The ones that you can tune into the emergency <laughs> channel and you automatically know. Like I know um, news stations use it. <laughs> so they know like all the shit that's going down.
0: There are actually some apps that you can use that you can listen to police radio and emergency services. It was around the time that smartphones came out. That was like one of the first apps. So I had downloaded it and, <laughs> you know, every once in a while would go on there just to hear what was going on on police radio or dispatch services. So yeah, that is definitely available and it's not anything that's hidden. Anybody that can tune in can listen to it.
1: My battery would be drained just listening to it all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, some old lady just fell guys, hold on. How can we eat at the t- <laughs> how can we eat at a time like this?
0: <laughs> Remember earlier I mentioned the Conit project, mm-hmm. an archive of number stations started by Aiken Fernandez. So here's another banger from this collection. This one is called The Swedish Rhapsody. Again, I edited it for length since it's very repetitive and clocks in at 4 minutes 16 seconds, but this one is especially haunting, especially the voice of the person reading off the numbers. Towards the end, it gets super weird and almost sounds like the tape is malfunctioning, but adds to the spookiness. So if you all get freaked out listening to it, fast forward about a minute and a half.
2: C7 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 7
0: So what did you think about this one?
1: I think that sounds like the old school version of that phone call you get in the ring where it's like seven days and then it's all this weird <laughs> shit or whatever that you actually watch on the freaking VHS tape. It's just via shortwave. That's super creepy. This is by far the creepiest one. Remember, I was just describing... What for me creepy sounds like is when they kind of like taper down and like the notes become flat or sharp or whatever. It was doing that.
0: Yeah, this one is by far my favorite of all the ones that I heard while I was doing research. And yes, I have to admit that it is the creepiest. The Swedish Rhapsody got its name from the signature melody recorded from a music box. And this one was known by listeners to have a very precise schedule. Interruptions or mistakes on the part of the operators was rare. Now, thanks to some declassified documents from the Polish government in 2014, we do know that this station was indeed operated by the Polish People's Republic and its secret police force, which I'm not even going to try to attempt to pronounce because it contains letters that I've never even seen before. <laughs> oh, shit. The station operated from at least the 1970s, and the messages were meant to be decrypted using a one-time pad. Now, I will confess, I obtained that information from Wikipedia And the sources seemed a little sus, so take that all with a healthy serving of sodium chloride.
1: (laughs) Of course you would say that.
0: As hard as I tried, I couldn't find a reputable publication to back that ass up. (laughs) But since most of these are all theories and guesses anyways, theirs are probably as good as any.
1: In this case, I could see why there's not going to be a lot of information out there because... One, I feel like most of the information that is being put out there on shortwave radio is almost meant to be kept secret. So, why would they have that information?
0: Yeah, that's a good theory. On that one, I tried to look up the declassified documents, and I couldn't find anything. There is one final number station I wanted to show you, this is the one that I'll end the show with. This one is called DFD-21, and sounds like someone is transmitting from space in a satellite orbiting the Earth. As it slowly drifts further and further away from the gravitational pull of our planet. Oh, great. So let me play this one for you.
2: Delta, Delta.
0: So what'd you think about that one?
1: Again, the pitches in the notes also went down, like bending the <laughs> notes. Oh, I really don't like it. Also, I've realized that I almost need to know what they're saying. Otherwise, I feel like that bitch just put a curse on me. <laughs> <laughs> In her language, she could have even been reciting Shakespeare, but it could have been the part where it was like, a plague on your house. <laughs> That's what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, that one is really creepy. And there's just a little in the background. It sounds like when the Russians would send the cosmonauts out into space and, oh, we we're never able to retrieve them. So they're still out there flo- <laughs> floating. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Sputnik is still out there. This is what its <laughs> message is.
0: <laughs> that's what that one remind me of.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. It does sound like aliens.
0: And again on this one, not much could be found. Another suspect website called numberstations.com claims that a declassified Polish counterintelligence document includes information about cryptography and encryption of the station. Now, this one, I was able to find that declassified document, but it was behind a $53 paywall. So unless Wayne Financial hooks us up with a good commission after that ad we played earlier, it will remain behind the $53 paywall.
1: Wow. Yeah, $53 is a little steep. Also, we're not trying to decode everything, but we want to bring intrigue. We are definitely intrigued. Mission accomplished.
0: With that, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingSTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story
2: to share with us.
1: You know you do.